Hello and welcome to Bonded Voices. I've got a warning for everyone to start this one off. The Emperor has no clothes. You've probably all heard the, the tale about the Emperor's new clothes, but this is post that. Warning, the Emperor has no clothes. I'm Ian. This is Lauren. And I'm Greg. And so, yeah, let's kick into it. People have thought of this in different ways. When this comes to mind to me, it reminds me of all of the people who are full of broken promises, all the scammers, um, all of the, even all the empty relationships. Well, and, and I think of that, that false sense of, if we go back to the original story of, you know what, I don't want to offend this person, so I'm not going to tell them the truth. That shirt is terrible or, you know, no, those shoes don't match your outfit, whatever it might be, which was the original storyline. And so the thought was, I just want to help this person out. And I, by me being nice, that helps out, which actually causes nothing but problems. Well, and it goes even deeper in that. Like you can go straight into COVID, how there were groups of, there's factions of people that didn't matter what was the real truth. They were pushing an agenda one way or another. And it, it gets very political really quick. Right, so there's, there's a ton of examples, right? And I think we're probably living in an era where there's even more of it than we imagine. But let's, let's pick on a few. Maybe let's, let's, let's start with the, the COVID example and, and look at a few of the things in there. Because for me, I, I will always, the truth will set you free is, is, is a motto I love. And the truth's super, super important. And when someone lies to you and all of a sudden the emperor has no clothes, you know, that 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 hits home big. Well, you can look back at all the, the latest research in, in on the covid example and how there was a, a concerted effort by us, by a group of people uh, in the media that said, this is what we're, this is the story we're going to go with. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I want to fit in. Yep, that's 100%. That's why I believe that, too. It was always trust the science, trust the science. And when you actually look at the science, it actually goes a little bit, it skews away from what the story was. But uh, that one just happens to be super political on that one. Well, and, and I agree with you. At the beginning, I mean, it, it was chaos and mayhem. We had no idea. And, and what we were trying to do or what we were told to do was follow the science and that was the the storyline and so you know obviously perspective perspective of history you know a monday morning quarterback gives you much more clarity of what the coach should have called in that particular play in the nfl game on sunday afternoon so Most clarity the, the time provides that clarity to be able to look back but one of the the parts that i struggle with specific to this topic is there wasn't a concerted effort to continue following the science and to actually update the data set and update the information to make continuing decisions for the greater good of mankind. It, it seemed like we've drawn a line in the sand and we are not going to deviate. That's what I struggle with. And the emperor has no clothes, but we, we can't say anything about it. Right. right. Otherwise, you're going to be an outcast. And, and let's just... Let's just clarify this for everyone listening. The, the emperor 
it is used as a metaphor for anyone who puts themselves in a position that wants you to trust them or wants you to lead them. And we definitely had that during COVID where, you know, I have a great friend who deals in polyaspartics there. It's a, it's a chemical that they use for epoxies, countertops, um, flooring. And he told me, he said that this was even when it was just kicking off. He said the whole thing's a bunch of bullshit. He said because the polyaspartic particle is 20 times smaller than a particle um, that would be a part of a virus. He said 20 times smaller. And he said we wear N95 masks and we even know they are not, don't work. You have to use a respirator. He said, so if we really are going to protect ourselves from this virus and it's that deadly, we'll all need respirators. And he said, and the fact that these scientists aren't wearing respirators, he goes, it just shows me it's a bunch of bullshit. So let, let's play devil's advocate on that. So what happens if <clears throat> if if the understanding was, and, and I'm not advocating one side or the other on this, I'm just saying, if we knew there weren't enough respirators, but the masks could be cheaply produced quickly... Was there, what does that say about the leadership of the country of saying, you know what, we think the masks are going to be fine, even though we know scientifically they're not? It means a lie. Does it give them a defense or does it, does it more solidify the emperor has? You know what I think, for me, it's, it's a case of trust's huge, hundred percent, right? So the moment the moment someone's broken that trust bond between you, whether it's a family person or a leadership or a friend, it's hard to re, uh, uh, renew that. Sure. And, and, and I think even more so when it, it, you're, t- you're talking about um, politicians who have all of a sudden came in and changed your life. Everyone's working from home. Everyone's doing these different things based on a promise they made. And they're in this metaphor, that's the clothes, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all looking there going, oh, look, it's all going to kill us all. And then at the end of the day, remember there were mercy ships being bought in off New York to house all the overflow from the hospitals. That ship never got used at all. And, you know, in this COVID example, I think ultimately we know that that they lied to us straight away. Yeah. So what other what other examples do we have understanding that this is a hot discussion point with a warning brought to us by Ian at the start? Well, uh, let's, go, other, let's go with um, what are the grenades in the campfire do we want to talk yeah, about? It, like telephone scams. I think we're seeing um, the, again these telephone scams and where they, it is the person calls, especially with older people, they build the trust. My dad's had it. Oh, I spoke to this lovely guy on the phone the other day. It's like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I'm sure you guys have had the oh, same. Oh, yes, that's right. Right. Absolutely. And, and how do you... I guess the part that I struggle with is just... I, I have no sympathy. And, and maybe I'm too harsh to that other person that's doing that. But how in the world did that individual that decided to call your father... A wonderful person that your father is to strike up that conversation only to take advantage of him. How does that person deal with themselves when they hang up the phone, when they clock out of their shift, when it, whatever it is that they do, how did we get to a point in society where there is someone or an organization 
that is that evil. They're just disconnected. There's no interpersonal relationship with it. It's just you don't even think of that person on the other end of the phone as a person. It's I'm just dialing a number. I don't care if, if they answer or not. And if they do, great. I have a chance to scam them. It is not personal against them. It's just, it's for them, it's just business. See, see I, I actually have some second, very close secondhand knowledge of this. And, you know, we're in a state where it actually happens a lot. We've got great salespeople here. And what, um, what these people are is they're salespeople who don't want a real job. So they, they work in an industry where they've got all this to call up an elderly person mainly. First thing they have to do is build trust with them. Mm-hmm. That's where they become the emperor, right? And then the way they feel that they can do this and they hang up from that call knowing they've just made $5,000, they call the next one. And, you know, a, a buddy of mine has actually told me stories about people so trusting that they put $50,000 in a FedEx envelope and sent it to people. Well, not not trying to make light of this, but I was wondering, what are they doing with all of these uh, Apple gift cards that they have to go to the store and buy? The stories that I hear of yeah. buying the... Yeah. The, I'm sorry? Yeah, I was just going to say all those those cards and yeah. they have to get used somewhere. Yeah, they they need to go get the gift cards and then read off the information to that. But, yeah, it, but they, 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 some of them will do it even to the point of where they'll open up a merchant account. They'll actually find someone, usually someone with that's working for the company who has good credit, unsuspecting. They open up a merchant account in their name, and they'll take credit cards. They'll be like, yeah, look, this is all legit. We'll do it on your American Express card. And then, you know, they get them to sign paperwork and things, and... And that's when the whole thing falls apart is when all the promises made. Well, it's that social engineering aspect. That's the whole uh, MGM problem. Started with a Mm -hmm. phone call and 10 minutes later, they've logged into their servers. Next day, MGM's down losing millions a day off Mm -hmm. a phone call. Yeah. So is the next generation or, or our kids' generation... Are they insulated or isolated from this, given that they are much more likely to text than they are to pick up the phone and actually talk with people? Well, I think think technology just gives us the ability to do great things, but also gives bad people the ability to do great things. Um, But I think... I think all of us probably deal with more of these situations than we know. Because, and it isn't just the scams or the trust of government and COVID and all that sort of thing. Think of it in a work situation. How many times have you had someone who's in that trusted position end up letting you down? Mm -hmm. Or like even to the point of, um, you know, just flat out company where a company just lies to you. Well, how many times have you been in a a presentation by the c-suite and they're like this is the direction of the company's going and everyone's like oh yeah that sounds great we love you guys we, like family yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as the as soon as they walk out oh this is gonna fail right but so, no one wants to say oh yeah the, the this executive that's been mm-hmm. you know talking to us for the last half hour they are completely wrong everyone just comes yeah that that sounds great everyone's towing the party line yeah so, Ian, when you were talking about 
the the building that connection that these scammers that call build that connection it makes my mind go back to the whole idea of why this group was started and why we started doing these podcasts which was fellowship amongst a bunch of guys that are in a similar part of their lives so this has provided a connection for us to feel uh, a better part of the community, more connected to each other. And that's all those scammers are trying to do is build that same connection. Yeah. So how do we, I don't have the solution on this. I'm just lofting the question out on how do we, how do we help those people that are looking for that connection and willing to spend more time on the phone so that scammer can slowly build up, call your parents. I mean, what's this? What's the you, you have to. So, uh, and so they build it on trust. The, the emperor always builds it either on authority or trust, right? So it happens on one of those two um, ways. Everyone in their life should have a, a network of people that they can trust. And the way these scammers work is they know as people get older, usually their connections get fewer. The people they talk to get fewer. My dad's even lost his voice several times in the last year because he doesn't talk to anybody. He doesn't have a throat problem. He just doesn't use his voice. <laughs> you know, so you have this situation where if you have other people you can call. Now, luckily, my dad can call me and say, sure. hey, and they called me and told me this Jamaican guy was I'm like, do not answer <laughs> the phone again. Because like, I'm intimately right. aware of, of those scams, you know, through a past job I had helping find the people who did those things. Um, that must have been rewarding. Uh, well, the, the crazy part was when, when it was escalated all the way up to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, and and the, um, yeah, they didn't care at all. Oh. The, the government doesn't care. Um, and that was the, that was the and that was another one of these. The emperor has no clothes moment. You're thinking. Hey, all the promises and all the, yeah. and they just don't seem to, to step up. But I was even thinking of it along the lines of like, you know, when, when, a, when trust is abused in many ways, but even you go back to um, people who have belief in the police who gets ruined by a situation where the police are seen doing something that, and then all of a sudden your faith in them is eroded. Because, you know, you trusted them that they would be there to protect and serve and honor the badge. And all of a sudden, you know, you you see the story of, of, of either the police beating someone or, you know, as an officer the other day took his handgun and shot someone as well. Right. So I think that erodes that that trust in people. Maybe the question we should be asking is, how do you rebuild that? Well, is the trust eroded because the there's a story to be told of the emperor's new clothes in that situation isn't that the police are bad it's or it's the the story is i have an agenda to make the police look bad so that's my story so you only see the bad aspect of it you don't realize there's millions of interactions that the police have no i know, I know. And i'm just thinking of it from the point of view that that person do they start there where they have a um an antagonistic relationship with the police or do they really get turned where they are? I thought these guys were great and now I don't, you know, in the same way, like I don't think everyone first looked at Fauci and went, he's a douche to start with. Right. I think the first thing was like, Oh, maybe he's like wise and he knows what he's going to tell us on this. And then, 
you, it, the, the story always starts to unravel when someone's telling a lie because the story keeps changing. Yeah, the, that's, that's the telltale sign of a liar is that they struggle to remember what the previous lie was yeah. so that they can keep the story straight. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think along the lines of what we're talking about here is that so we have situations where people you trust let you down or lie to you. And it, it's for me, it's like, how do you make, especially when we look at our kids, how do you make your kids aware to not be follow blindly um, orders, follow blindly so you have leaders? Teach, you, know? you have to have them have critical thinking skills yeah. mm-hmm. and not be afraid to voice their opinion. Right. Have a group of, have, hopefully they have a group of friends that they can voice their concerns with. And if someone's voicing a, you know, a concern with you or telling you a story that you know is false, you have to step up and hopefully you have a friendship that's solid enough where you can say, you know, why don't you take a look at that again? I don't really think that you're getting the full story. And one, they're going to say, oh, thanks, I'll review it. Or two, they'll get mad at you. And if they get mad at you, are they truly a good friend? You know? Yeah. And I think, you know, let's do one more topic and then we'll talk on some solutions. Um, you think about what RFK came out and said about what he was told that JFK went through with the Vietnam War. I think that's a perfect example of, and sadly, again, it's government, right? Um, but the military industrial complex in this, in this, this way where they kept trying to fool Kennedy into going into war. And on hindsight, you know, I, I think a lot of military people must look back and go, wow, Emperor has no clothes. The whole thing I thought I was fighting for, the flag, valor, and all this stuff in Vietnam, all was a bunch of bullshit. Or most of it was. Well, so on that one, I would kind of take a step back because I don't think when most people are in the military and they're they're in that type of situation, they're not doing it so much for the country. They're doing it for their the guy next to them, their brothers right. and sisters, and the. So I get I get the whole idea of it. That's we were lied to, but I don't think that. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just, I, I kind of go back and I waffle on that one. See, I, I originally thought the Vietnam War was a fight back against communism. And I thought it was a valiant fight. But then, as I say, the more stuff that's come out over the years, it's, it's made me sort of second guess that whole situation. And then, you know, when you compound that with uh, in and around that whole time Tucker Carlson was interviewing um, RFK, it, ca- it came out as well that a high guy in the CIA told him that everything that he thinks is real is all fake and if that's as much as I my brain goes to it to be thinking Greg I'm, that's <laughs> <laughs> well it, it definitely makes you look at things more cynical more skeptical I hope not though right because uh, you don't want to go through life like that well, you know, back to the point of, you know, with our kids, how do, how do we raise our kids to, uh, if we go back to that police situation where when they're very young, we taught our kids 
to seek out the police if you're in a situation where you think you're in danger. Yep. They will protect you from stranger danger. Uh, and subsequent to that, you think about as you go through life, and let's say, hopefully it doesn't happen, but one of your kids might get into an automobile accident. And then it becomes the police become the investigators, and they're trying to make the decision, or perhaps they're not going to make a decision on who gets a ticket issued. But there might be a situation where rather than being the safety provider, they're making the determination on who's going to get a citation. Right. And so that's a shift in the mindset of those kids. Right, because uh, then become the enemy all of a sudden, right? Rather well, than and, the advocate. And, but are they the enemy? So it's no, just, it's just a matter they're just, of... Yeah, right. Absolutely. Exactly. That's how you're raised, though, too, because there's a lot of people that will raise their kids to not trust the police. It's always the, the sure. police's fault, you know? Sure. Why, why I'm getting picked on. I got pulled over because of this and mm -hmm. whatever, you know? All the times I got pulled over as a kid, it was, you know, were valid reasons. You know, my <laughs> friends can attest to... When we got pulled over, we were probably in an area at a time of day that we shouldn't have been. Well, and there was probably someone was driving erratically, or there were right. some taillights, or the headlights weren't on, or there was something. And I and I do agree with you on the... I, I feel bad for people that are raised with such a significant distrust for law enforcement that they are going to have trouble their whole lives. I remember we were traveling somewhere, I think we were in Florida or something, and there was a, a I don't know, I would say seven or eight year old kid that had a t-shirt on that was F the police. And I'm thinking, holy cow. Yeah, where'd you go from there, right? Right, and yeah. and so, you know, just good gosh, what a, what a ton of weight to put in the backpack of that kid. They're just gonna, they're gonna have issues their whole lives. But issues with the law, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay, takeaways. So um, if what, what, what advice would we have? Obviously, looking at the subject matter, it all seems to stem from authoritarian situations, government, poli you know, police, big whatever it is, big companies. I think you'd probably it'd be less with a smaller company unless mm -hmm. they were just living the, the lie. Sure. So to speak. So I think it need, the first thing you would need to do is have someone teach your kids to be critical thinkers, right? Right. You cannot just blindly follow anything. Right. Even uh, if you you believe in the subject and it, it uh, is it, in your echo chamber. Who is it? David Koresh, right? Yeah. Again, there's another, mm -hmm. another one of those, you know, people believe in something about something, somebody that just it is And it, if, if it really is too fanciful to believe maybe ask someone else and get their opinion that's oh. what yeah so i think that's a great takeaway that whole idea of same with the phone scams right don't just take it on facebook start to build that network within that you have whether it's family friends talk to somebody and get some feedback on that and don't just trust blindly so where my mind goes with this is to an earlier podcast of why is everything so political and and part of the the I think what we're driving at here is have conversations, have people that yeah. you can seek out and bounce ideas off of, because we know from social media metrics that if I if I like certain posts on social media, the machine is going to feed me more like-minded posts that only solidify my viewpoint. So if I don't go outside of my comfort zone, then I build this fortress around my model 
And that's not good for anybody. Let's wrap it. It's a great takeaway with to, to end this with, which is use what we've sort of built. You Use a network of friends. Have somebody to lean on. Just don't take stuff at face value. That's it for our episode on The Emperor Has No Clothes. <laughs> and thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time. 